Well, welcome to the Grace and Faith Camp Meeting, and we're glad you're here. What we'll do is I'm going to teach a little bit, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll have Sister Vicki Burke. So it's going to be good today. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right, so we'll start with a word of prayer. Father, we just uh, thank you that we're here today. We're so privileged and honored to be in your presence, and we appreciate the fellowship uh, with one another, and we know that iron sharpens iron. So today... We thank you, Father, for your word. And your word is uh, quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you, it makes us sharp. So, Father, today we have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us, that we'll be changed and helped and blessed and encouraged, that the anointing today and tonight and tomorrow, morning, tomorrow night, it will remove heavy burdens and destroy the yoke of bondage in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you, uh, since it's grace and faith, I want to talk to you a little bit about faith today. And so we'll see how this goes. Um, we're going to start in Ephesians, I mean, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I? Um, And uh, God answers him and says in verse 14, God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Uh, So Moses had the question, who am I to do this? And God said, I am, you know, um, which re- just reminds me daily who we are to look at for anything and everything we need or, or that we feel like we need to do in our life. Any responsibilities that we have or any relationships that we have, we have to look at the great I am for all of our uh, provision and um Anything that we have need of. In fact, I like the words I am because he is the answer to everything. You know, if you would say in your life, well, um, you know, how am I going to make this? What, you know, how am I going to make this work or what, what is going to happen here as far as provision or whatever the situation is? And God's sitting there saying, I am. I'm going to make it work for you. I'm the one that's going to deliver you. You know, how am I going to get out of this situation? Well, he is the yes. one. Amen? Amen? He really is. It's not just a cliche or, a, you know, it, it really is uh, the answer. He is the answer. And that's what he was saying here. I am everything that you need. He is able to defend, you know, who's going to defend me in this situation? He says, I am. Yeah. Amen? So it's used 300 times in the Bible uh, God starts by saying, I am. He started in Genesis. Let's look at the first time here. We won't look at all 300. <laughs> but Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, is the first time he said it. And notice here what he said. Genesis 15, 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not. And, and uh, Brother Dennis was talking about that last night. Wasn't that an amazing Message, if you haven't heard it, go back and, or, or, you know, if you did hear it, go back and listen to it again. If you haven't heard it, it is on um, our Facebook page and YouTube now. And so 
it was just excellent. And what uh, Pastor Dave and I were talking about when we got home last night, it was just one of the statements he made about the battles on the outside, but the fear, you know, it's to strike fear on the inside. And we cannot allow that to come in. Amen? Just guard your heart with all diligence. Um, and so here he says to, to Abram, after these things, the word of the Lord came into Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I am, notice that, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Well, what good, good news here, uh, that he is our protection. That's the first thing he said to anybody. <laughs> and you know, many times that's what we're looking for, isn't it? A shield, a protection. And then he said, and then I'm going to compensate you. I'm going to reward you uh, uh, greatly, abundantly. There will be great reward there. So he he defined himself as a shield to us and that we didn't have to, to fear. And these this, this promise is to us too. Amen? Uh, and then the last... Uh, the last time it's used in the Bible is Revelation. So all the way through, he says, I am, I am, I am. Jesus even used these words. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the resurrection. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the, the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the true vine. So he, he would say, I am statements, you know, about himself. Very powerful. And so in, in, you know, identifying and I think really every time we identify something about Jesus we should thank him for it and and appreciate it and be aware of it but then also I think in our identification with him is how can we take that and apply it to our lives because we are joined with him we are in Christ and he is in us so then we need to take these principles of, of how Jesus acted, you know, we used to wear the bracelets. What would Jesus do? <laughs> and 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 it, take that example uh, and uh, do the works that he did. And the Bible says even greater works. So uh, let that application of what all he's doing, the way he works, and the way he is, and the way he loves, and all those things, and apply it to our life because we have it in us. If we're born again, we already have the resources in there to act and to speak and to say. I was thinking again about Brother Dennis's message last night. He said, you know, Joshua encouraged them, be strong and of good courage. And I think that in our lives, it takes a lot of courage just to say things at times. You know, should I really say that I'm rich? Should I really say that? I mean, that sounds pretty haughty. That sounds, you know. But uh, the thing I like about God saying his name is I am. First of all, I'm not lying because I am is rich. You know, if we're talking about God. But then also, if we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about us. Amen. Amen. We're talking about us, too. And so it kind of expands our uh, our uh, vocabulary and, and our even our vision and it expands and stretches us to say things that seem real impossible or maybe even seem crazy. Well, you know, I don't have enough in my bank account to pay whatever and I'm saying I'm rich. That's crazy. But you know what faith says? <laughs> faith calls those things that be not as though they were. And that should be so familiar to us because we've heard it for so many years. But I think that 
you know, sometimes we get it, and then sometimes I think we let it slip. <laughs> and then we go through a rough, rough time because in this world, you're going to have tribulation. It's just part of it. And I, I would, you know, I would love not to. How about you? <laughs> it would just be so nice if we didn't have to have tribulation or if we'd already, you know, okay, God, I've already been through enough so that the rest of my life will be just smooth sailing. <laughs> Well, there's a God, little g, of this world. And so as long as he's here and we're here, then there's going to be tribulation. There will be tribulation. But the rest of that is be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So in his overcoming power, he has uh, made us overcomers. Amen. And the, fir- the, the first way, the best way, one of the most powerful ways, to enter into this overcoming, victorious living is in our mouths, our mouths, what we are saying. And many times it's what we're saying about ourselves. That's the most powerful. Uh, it's not really even what people are saying about you. And that, thank God. <laughs> it's what you're saying about you. Amen? It's what you say about you that's the most important thing instead of what others are saying about you. If they're saying good things, then join. Join them. Amen. Hallelujah. I agree with you. But if they're saying you're a dirty rat that never does anything right, don't agree with that. Amen. So these I am statements. And and so this is what I want to turn this uh, message a little bit toward now is what are what are we saying? What are the I am's that we are saying? Okay. let's look at James chapter three and we'll look at the scripture just to. This has just been such a help for me all through my Christian walk since I learned about the principles of confession and declarations and the power of this. So James chapter 3, let's look at verse um, 3. And uh, this scripture is just very simple. You know it, but I want to, we just want to go over these things. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Now, I used to have a horse. Her name was Zanna. She was a wonderful, uh, very uh, obedient horse and very talented. She was a roping horse, you know, and I would do some barrel racing with her. And so she was very obedient, but she was like 700 pounds. And the bit, you know... <laughs> And and she would obey whatever we did with that bit. Um, And it it would turn her. Now, I want you to think about situations in your life right now that need turning. Something that needs to turn in a different direction. And then verse 4, behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned Underline the word turned about with a very small helm, whether soever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and on and on and on. And, uh, but we can use, and this is kind of, this gets a little bit negative here with negative talk, but I'm telling you, you can turn a situation. You can turn your whole life by what you say about yourself, about your situation, about your church, about your city. I mean, it is an amazing power that you have right between your chin and your nose. 
How is this ever going to change? Change what you're saying. Change what your words are. What do you want? Now, some people don't know what they want. You've got to figure out what you want first. Because you have to decide on, you know, what what direction do I want to go? Where do I want my my life to go, my children, my marriage, my finances, the church? You know, you have to decide. And then, I, I this is just what I've done. You can do it however you want. You can search the scriptures and look, and uh, and sometimes I have done that. But I usually just go to the Lord and say, what do I need to say about this? What do I need to say? What do you say about this? And what can I say? Because I love what Louise Roberts told me one time. She said, you know, always start prayer with Father, you said. Start your prayer with Father, you said. (laughs) It just works because his words are the most powerful words. They're the incorruptible seed. And when you pray his word, it's going to you're going to see amazing things happen. So in, in, in faith, and we know, and we'll read Mark 11. We can't have a faith sermon without Mark 11. We'll read it in a minute. But if you're praying or you're saying, it's just good in either case, praying or saying, to have God's word. Amen? Have God's word. And um, I, I just a couple of examples. Some of these I've shared before, but I, I think they minister to people, so I'm going to share, share it again. When I was in school, uh, older and, and in school, I had, was about 40, 41, and decided to go back to get a bachelor's degree and then a master's degree. And, uh, you know, here I'm thrown into this environment that I haven't been in in a long time. And then things had changed since I was in college before in my 20s. Uh, actually, 18, 19 year, year old. And then now it's computers and you walk into a library and it's all computers. It's not what it used to be where you would do research, et cetera. So there was a lot, there was a learning curve in many areas uh, to go back to school. So I was really depending on the Lord for for help. Help, you know. And so one of the classes I had to take was statistics. And they said, uh, you know, you have people talk. And they said, this is the hardest class you'll ever take. People have failed it. They've had to take it twice, sometimes three times. Now, you know, college is expensive. And just pay for classes and, and do all what has to be done, uh, plus the studying and the hours of, of, you know, the semester, everything. I knew I didn't want to take this class over and over again. I didn't really even want to take it once, but you had to. I hated math. I hated math growing up. I've always hated math. I always said I hated math, despised it. And so I said, God, help me. What am I going to do with this statistics class? And he said, the first thing you're going to say is, I love math. And y'all, it was so the hardest thing for me to say that in the world because I so despised it. <laughs> I mean, I would have to say it with my teeth gritted. Oh, I love math. <laughs> I mean, it was just the hardest thing for me to say. Have you ever been there before? And But I knew, okay, I'm either going to follow God's way or I'm going to flunk and start taking this over and over like everybody else has at Sanford University, you know. So um, so I started with I love math. I love math. And every day I would say I love math. And, you know, it was interesting how there was, there was an opposition there before because I hated it. But now there was a, a kind of a love 
growing. <laughs> there was kind of a, an affection. I think I really could like math. Why not like math, you know? And so then the more I thought about it and the more I said I love it, then God sort of given me directions of how to do well in that class. Isn't that interesting? He said, go to the professor and tell him that you've never seen a calculator like that. It was about this big and had all these things all over it. He said, go and talk to him about it and tell him. And I did. He said, sit on the front row, right front and center. I did. He said, get, find out the smartest people in that class. Listen and find out the smartest people and start a relationship with them and study group. Well, I did. But it all started with, I love math. Well, I ended up making an A in the class. I made a better grade than any in my study group. Now, y'all, that's a miracle. <laughs> a miracle, let me tell you. But I think that, well, not, not but, I mean, it was because of the words of my mouth. It was because of the words of my mouth. Another situation, when I was in my master's program, we had to do su- supervised work in the field. And I had the grumpiest person in Panama City <laughs> that was my supervisor. And she hated life, hated me and hated life. And, <laughs> and she was the one responsible. She was the one responsible for signing off on my supervision work. Well, she would threaten me like, I don't think I'm going to pass you. You know, just horrible. And um, so I said, God... <laughs> What am I going to do? This is a lot of hours of supervision. We've gotten kind of near toward the end of this. And what, you know, what do you say about this? So her name was Kay. So he said, I said, what am I going to say about this? He said, you start calling her kind Kay. (laughs) Kind Kay. Not to her face. But see, I was going home every night griping and complaining and calling her what she really was to everybody that I knew. Because I thought, this is the most hateful woman on the face of the earth. Now, and you know, some of my friends in Panama City knew her, and they agreed totally. So this is not just me. They couldn't believe I got under her. That this, you know. So this was a problem. (laughs) This is a problem. So, okay, kind K. So I changed. It changed my whole attitude. And I don't really know if I changed so much or if she changed, but things changed. Where we became really close <laughs> toward the end of this thing, we became, she took me to lunch right before I was, wow. you know, approved and signed off on and brought me a gift. <laughs> they could, the office couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe the change. And so, uh, what happened with that? A little member, the tongue is a little member. <laughs> and listening to what the Spirit of God says about people. Or about situations. And then just saying what he says. It's so simple. Faith is so simple. We really miss it uh, by by thinking it's complicated or there's 17 steps or whatever. It's just say what he says. Act like he acts. <laughs> and you get the same results. Amen. God is so good. So these uh, let's let's look at Mark 11 since we're um, talking about faith. Mark 11. Hallelujah. It works in every walk walk of life too, not just ministry. 
and not just family, but every, you know, school, whatever you need to do. Um, God's word will help you. Mark 11. And um, just to focus on one one little phrase here today. Um, verse 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, when are you going to have it? After you say it. After you say it. So you're going to have to have the courage and the strength to say something before you have that something. But when you say it, according to Jesus, right? Right, right. According to Jesus, do we believe Jesus? I'm I'm endeavoring to believe him, amen? If we believe what he said, and he said this, that you're going to have what you say after you say it. You're going to have it after you say it. you got to say it first, and then you'll have it. But people, like Brother Charles Capp said, you're calling the cat instead of the dog. If you want the, if you want the dog, you got to call the dog. You got, you got to get out of your comfort zone instead of saying what you have, you're going to have to say what you want. Amen. And many times it's good to just go ahead and say it like you already have it. I am rich. I am opulent. I read that the other day. Some confessions I was reading said opulent. I thought, what is, I know that word's a good word, but what does that mean? (laughs) I am opulent. It's just wealthy and luxurious. I thought, well, I'm going to start saying I'm opulent. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I am sophisticated. I am attractive. I am smart. Amen. I am wise. I'm a good preacher. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) So, we say these things. I am a great singer. Amen. <laughs> Rhonda, you can say that. I make a joyful noise. <laughs> but anyway, whatever you need to say that you really want, say it. Say it. Amen. Terry Pearsons came to our church one time years ago and to preach. Um, and so she was talking about some things with Aubrey. I don't know exactly what was you know she was a little girl and I don't know what was said or done you know how that you get these different people talking into your children's lives I know one time they told my my one of my daughters had a learning disability and I thought what you know and it wasn't it was just somebody saying something about some so anyway this Terry had said that they had said something about Aubrey and I don't know what it was and everything so she said God what do you want me to say about my little girl what do you want to say? Yeah. And uh, the Lord said, you say she's brilliant. She's brilliant. Isn't that a beautiful word? She's brilliant. And so, you know, there's things that God thinks of saying that maybe we wouldn't even think of that just so fit. Amen. Yeah. And Aubrey is brilliant today. She's so brilliant, isn't she? Beautiful. And, uh, yes. little, little wonderful little girls and everything. Hallelujah. 
victory by through the words of our mouth. But that impacted me that she asked God what to say about her children. Amen. What, what should I say about my finances, God? What should I say about my my husband or my church or my city? Amen. Uh, another time we um, we had a uh, situation in Panama City Beach that had gotten pretty rough called Spring Break. You might have seen it <laughs> on the national news. <laughs> it had gotten pretty rough there. And to the point where I thought, you know what, this is our city. God set us in this city. And I don't think we have to put up with this kind of stuff here. And, and I'm all for having fun and everything, but when there's guns and there's shootings, it had gotten horrible. When there's gangs and, and just horrible situations that I won't even go into right now, um, y'all can only imagine, that uh, we've, we've got to put a stop to this. So we were having a Gulf Coast convention there, uh, one of the conventions that we had, and um, Pastor Scott Webb was there, and I was supposed to preach that morning, and yet, I, when I got up in the pulpit, I knew that he had the, the message that was supposed to go forth. And, of course, we had not talked in advance or anything. I just said, Pastor Scott, why don't you just come up and preach this morning? So he did, and he talked about the authority of the believer. And then he said, I'm deputizing all of y'all this morning. <laughs> the deputy. And, and you know, I, I, I mean, it was just so anointed and so right for that time. And when I got up, the Spirit of God said, there's a new sheriff in town. There's a new sheriff in town. It's called the Body of Christ right here. And there was such an anointing and such utterance. Rhonda was there to take authority over some things. And so I started, I said, we're going to take authority over spring break. (laughs) And so we did. We started uh, declaring some things. And then even the Spirit of God brought up to me that years and years ago, Panama City was called the Miracle Strip. And I said, that's what we declare about this city. What we call it is the Miracle Strip. And that's what we're going to have here, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. A lot was done that day. So then I go uh, back to the hotel uh, probably about five months, maybe even not that long, later to book my next Gulf Coast Convention. And I wanted to have Patsy Caminetti come. The only time she could come was March, which was the start of spring break. But she said I could come March 1st, 2nd, 3rd, something like that. So I go in the hotel knowing that the answer is going to be no because of spring break. But I thought maybe it's just beginning of spring break and we can do it. Because every hotel's booked during spring break. So I go in and I'm talking to the head lady and I said, listen, the only time the speaker can come is March 1st, 2nd, 3rd. She said, well, that's not a problem. I said, why? She said, we don't have spring break here anymore. I couldn't believe it. I thought, what? We don't have spring break here anymore. I said, you mean those dates are free to have her? She said, yeah. I was so excited. I said, what has happened? She said, well, the city council got together, and now they voted no alcohol on the beach during the month of March. And because they voted no alcohol on the beach just in the month of March, nobody wants to come here on the month of March. So y'all are free to have your convention anytime you want to have it. I thought, praise God. Amen. You can have what you say. And so we had a tremendous meeting, and we continue to have tremendous meetings. Amen. Glory to God. We can have what we say. Now, 
um, you know, I just praise God for just the little thing. I was thinking one more example, and then I'm gonna we're gonna bring this to a close. That when you say I am, you are inviting. This is what Joel Osteen said. When you say I am, you are inviting whatever follows that I am. You're inviting that into your life. Isn't that interesting? He said you're, it's a, it's opening a door. It's like handing an invitation. I am wealthy. You're inviting wealth in. I am healthy. You're inviting health in. You are inviting, and it will eventually find you. Now, the negative side of that is I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm lazy, I'm tired. You're inviting those things in. If you're tired, you know what you should say? I am so energetic. I'm so full of energy. If that's what you want. Now, if you want to be tired and sick, then, you know, say what you want. But if you need some more energy, you should just start just start by just changing and just turning by saying, I am so energetic today. And you'll be surprised. Amen. You're inviting that particular thing. It comes looking for you. It is though you are inviting it in and giving it permission to be in your life. This is what Joel Osteen said. You're handing it an invitation. And the good news, according to Mark 11, is that you can choose what follows the I am. You've got the choice. And God said, choose, you know, choose life or death. It's set before you choose life. You know, he gives us a hint. Come on, y'all. Choose life. Amen. He's purchased it, purchased it for us. Um, through the blood of Jesus Christ. So Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. When do you say I'm strong? When you feel strong, when you look buff, and when you say, no. You say when you're weak and tired and sick and, you know, burned out and everything else. I am strong. Are you lying? No, because God's name is I am, right? Remember? And he's always strong. And so you're not even lying by saying that. But then you're applying it to your life as well. So if you need situations to turn, start saying what you want invited into your life. And it'll find you. Those things will be on that path to find you. Hallelujah. Oh, you're opening the door, giving it permission. Hello. Come on in. Amen. It's an interesting way to live by faith, isn't it? Isn't it interesting to live by faith? It's a whole new way of living that we have to learn and uh, and operate in, but it pays such high dividends and gives so much glory to God. So much glory to God because he can do so much more in our lives than we could ever do. And it's simply by saying what he says. Um, hallelujah. So one more example, and then we're going to bring have a break here. Um just a little thing, but I thought it was interesting. When I was uh, 58 years old, I decided that I was going to get in shape a little bit. <laughs> That's another thing we can say. And I've been saying, I am fit. I am trim. Amen. I mean, there's a whole list of things that you, we can say about what we want to be. So when I was 58, I thought, I'm going to join a CrossFit class. <laughs> and, and I've always really been interested in athletic, not athletics necessarily, but dance and aerobics. And fit. And I was an aerobic teacher for years and years. And um, so that's kind of right down my alley. But I thought, I'm going to join CrossFit. Now, I knew it wasn't as much jazzercise as this is like heavy lifting, <laughs> running four miles and 
then running four more miles. I mean, they don't they don't ever quit. You know, I, I thought Thanksgiving would be a time that we would take off from CrossFit. Oh, no, they have two double class. It was a double class on Thanksgiving that you do double as much as you would do. I mean, these these people are crazy, but it really I was in the best shape that I had ever been in in my life. But when when I signed up for the class, you know, <laughs> when I signed up for the class, they sent me an email. And the first thing it said was, hello, athlete. And I thought, I haven't been called an athlete <laughs> in probably 40 years. <laughs> I am an athlete. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. So I started saying, I'm an athlete. <laughs> Amen. So other people can say things to you that really you should take in and start saying about yourself as well. Really good things can turn a situation around, can turn our lives. Amen. Did you get anything out of it? Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that your word is engrafted. It is engrafted in us. And the engrafted word is able to save us, heal us, deliver us, bring us prosperity and blessing and help, and peace, and joy. And Father, you said we will have what we say. So we'll uh, just take note of this today, and and we'll uh, be especially aware about your words and situations so that we can say life words and blessing words and healing words. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you want to say anything else?